Hey, welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast brought to you by CloudSpot, the all-in-one solution for photographers like yourself of all skill levels to deliver and sell your photos online. I'm your host, Raymond Hadfield, and today we are continuing our 10-part photography manifesto series and with today's episode um, we are more than halfway through we are at number eight we are getting close to the end and uh, I really hope that if you have been listening for a while that you have been learning about what it really takes in photography to make it to be a, a successful photographer and not maybe successful in the sense of like, you know, um, uh, having a big studio and like being world famous, but like being successful as the photographer that you want to become. And if that means that you have a full-time job that you don't want to leave, I want you to be a successful photographer within that. Be the photographer who you want to be and be successful at that. And again, I really hope that this manifesto series has helped you to get closer in that direction because I created this photography manifesto because I know that you want to become a better photographer and all of these hashtag photography hacks that you'll find on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, those things aren't going to help you. They're not going to help you truly become a better photographer. Those are just, you know, little tricks that don't help you progress towards your end goal. It's the information here within the Photography Manifesto series that will. And how do I know that? And that's because this Photography Manifesto was created with more than 10 years of personal professional photography experience, as well as just some of the information that I've learned and picked up from interviewing more than 300 world-class photographers here on the podcast, the information that they share has went into creating this photography manifesto. So why don't we go ahead and dive into what really does matter in photography with the photography manifesto series. So we're going to recap real quick what we've covered so far. So, so far, photography manifesto rule number one is that the point of photography is to enrich the human experience. Rule number two is to be a halfway decent photographer, you must dedicate all of your time to it. Photography manifesto rule number three is that moment matters most in a photograph, not your camera settings. Photography manifesto rule number four is that you don't need to know everything in photography to know anything in photography. Photography manifesto rule number five is that your camera is not holding you back. You are holding yourself back. Manifesto rule number six is that if there's no intention, you have no image. Manifesto rule number seven is that the only photographer that you are in competition with is yourself. And today we are tackling photography manifesto rule number eight. Community is the only external source that will help make you a better photographer. Community is the only external source that will help make you a better photographer. What does that mean? What does that mean? When we think of how to become a better photographer, I'm sure that, you know, the things that pop up are, um, you know, some of your favorite YouTube videos or listening to uh, amazing podcasts like the Beginner Photography Podcast right here, like you're doing right now. Why are you listening to this? Because you want to become a better photographer. And I'm sad to say it, but this podcast is not going to help you to become a better photographer. 
And I'll get to why here in a few moments. Maybe you think of blog posts. When you Google a problem that you have, you find a blog post. You read that blog post. That is not going to help you become a better photographer. Maybe you think of groups on, on Instagram or on Facebook. Those are not going to help you to become a better photographer. And again, I'm going to get into why in just a moment, but I also want you to know that buying gear is not going to help you become a better photographer. So why do we think that these things will? Why do we think that all of these other external sources will make us a better photographer? And typically it becomes from, or it comes from rather, having some sort of issue or being new to something. So the issue is that you just, you know that you don't know anything, right? And you want to learn as much as humanly possible. You want to, uh, you know, wrap yourself up in this space so that you can just absorb every piece of information that you can knowing that you might be out there shooting and before you know it, you're going to have to use something that you learned. Because when you first get that camera and you go out to shoot, you realize pretty quick, you're like, oh, this photo does not look how I wanted it to look. And I'm not sure how to get it the way that I want to look. So we know that we have a problem. And the first place where we go is typically it's either YouTube, it's blog posts, podcasts, or social media. Or we get, we want to buy a better camera. We want to buy a better lens. We want to get a flash. We think a bag or a tripod, better memory cards. These things will help us to achieve what it is that we want. But that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because all of these things, right? Social media, YouTube, blogs, podcasts, all of these things are not a two-way street. It is more of a one-on-one interaction. Like being in a classroom. All of these locations, imagine you're the student in a classroom. Somebody, someone is trying to teach you an element. Somebody, someone is trying to show you how something works. And because of that, it's not really interactive. And maybe you can, um, you know, raise your hand and and, and submit a, uh, uh, a little comment. You can chime in, but you're not having a conversation. If I were to text one of my neighbors who is a, uh, he's, uh, he's in his residency to become a doctor. If I said, hey, I have a terrible cough. What should I do? That's not going to give him enough information to tell me what I should do. He needs more information on me and this cough and this condition to be able to help my issue, which is I have a cough. Now, if I told him, oh, I have a fever, I have a a headache, Um, I'm having cold sweats, Uh, my throat hurts, that's going to help guide him in one direction of helping me. But if I told him, oh, yeah, over the weekend, you know, I was laying down a bunch of dirt in the yard and um, I think I breathed in a lot of dirt. My nose is all clogged. uh, It's runny and I'm coughing like crazy. That's going to be a completely different um, prescription, not prescription, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, reason for why I may be coughing. But because he has more information 
about me, what I did, and how I, uh, you know, got this cough, he's going to be able to give me better information. And it's the same thing. When, when you're on YouTube and you watch a video that you find helpful, but you have a follow-up question, you can ask that question. That doesn't mean that you're going to get an answer. And in fact, the longer your question is, the less likely you're going to get an answer. How crazy is that? The longer your question is, the more fully formed your question is, the more information that you are looking to get clarification, the less likely you're going to get an answer. Why is that? I'm not entirely sure, but I can tell you that I fall victim to that as well. If I see a super long comment, I think to myself, I'm going to get to this later. And then typically I don't. I would be willing to bet that most creators on social media sites, YouTube, blogs, podcasts are the same way. They're going to see a large chunk of text and think to themselves, wow, I'm going to get to this later. This is a lot to deal with right now. And there's a million other things to do. But if you just post a quick question like, you know, oh, um, how did you know that going from 2.8 to F8 was three stops? You'd be like, oh, well... There's hard stops. It goes from 2, 8, 4, 5, 6, and then 8. So the difference from 2, 8 is 4, 5, 6, 8. Three stops. And that's a lot easier to answer. Now, that may not give the person who asked the question enough information to fully get an answer. And that's why it's so difficult. But you're more likely to get a response when you have a short, not fully formed question. And when the goal of going to these places is to learn photography, wow, that's really counterintuitive. So while you may be able to get information, you're not going to be able to get the information and the transformation that you need to truly become a better photographer. It's the difference between sitting in a classroom in front of a teacher and sitting down for coffee with somebody who you know, uh, maybe has the same information. When you're having a conversation and you can learn about this thing and you can ask those follow-up questions and ask questions that really make you think, you're not going to get ignored because you're you're face-to-face with that person and you're going to get an answer. When you think to yourself, oh, there's a lot of grain in this photo. If I only had a better camera, I'd be able to, you know, get a clean version. In fact, I've seen photos online of, you know, this other camera that I want taken at ISO 90 million. And uh, it looks amazing. There's no grain. I know that if I got that camera, it would be the answer to all of my problems. If you do go out and you get that camera, you're quickly going to find that, oh, there are actually uh, some restraints within the world of photography because it's all just light coming in and adjusting the sensitivity to light and controlling the light. A sensor isn't going to be magical. Probably what happened is that photographer did some noise reduction, several areas, and they were able to post an image that was clean. But it doesn't mean that because you're going to go out and because you have this camera, you're going to be able to shoot, I mean, beautifully clean, low noise images. It's not the same. You weren't able to get the answer that you wanted, which was how do I get less noise in my image? What are the different ways of getting less noise in my image? 
you were forced to connect the dots on your own, even though it was wrong. Nobody told you, oh, maybe it's the editing. Maybe it's the quality of light. Maybe it's your camera settings. So you didn't even get to try any of that because you didn't know. But because somebody said, this camera is great in low light, you think to yourself, this is the only answer. This is what I have to do. This is where I go. It's a one-sided conversation. You can chime in, but it's not a conversation. And that is where the learning comes in. That is where true learning comes in. But community isn't just about learning, right? What is community? We should really define community. And I think community, um, for me, is, well, in its most basic, it is, it is a group of people who share similar goals or a mission. If you have 50 people and you're all living together, your goal or mission is to, you know, be successful within that. You want, you know, to have food. You want um, shelter. You want water, you know, and everybody's going to pitch in to help get those things and make that happen so that then you can thrive with those goals or that mission. In photography, we want to be in a group of people who share the similar goal of becoming better at photography or learning photography a certain aspect of photography, a certain style of photography, something like that. And I think when you break it down like that, it may still sound like social media is community, right? You can join social media groups. Our group was on Facebook for a number of years. But the issue is, once again, social media lacks depth in its responses, like we talked about, but it also lacks trust. Social media lacks trust because there's so many people the quote-unquote community is so big that there's no way that we could know who all of these people are. And when somebody chimes in, we have to take that information, um, not with a grain of salt, but with trepidation. Because we don't really know who that person is and where they're getting that information from. And that's one of the reasons why in the Beginner Photography Podcast community, it is a rule that if you're going to join, you have to use a photo of your face as your profile photo. I want to see you. I want to know who you are. Now, does that build trust? No, not necessarily. But when we couple it with also having links to where we can see some of your work. Well, that helps. Now we have an idea of who the photographer is and what it is that they shoot. But when you also click on somebody's name, you will see their tags, such as landscapes or portraits. Oh, so we know the types of genres that this photographer is into. And on top of that, we're also going to see what system they shoot. Oh, this person shoots Sony or Canon or both. So now when we get a response from somebody... And we question it like, I've heard so many things online. Is this, is this the right information for me? It doesn't take long to build trust. We can see who they are. We can see what they look like. We can see what it is that they shoot. We can shoot, see how they shoot. We can see their images. Because if I'm asking a question about landscape photography and somebody chimes in, maybe it's just a, a question about composition in landscape photography, and somebody chimes in with, a, with an answer that I'm like, 
hmm, that I don't know if I've heard that before. I feel like that goes against conventional, you know, um, w- wisdom that is shared online. And I look at this person's work and see that they are a very accomplished landscape photographer, that they create images that I resonate with, that they create uh, work that is loved by others as well, uh, that they're doing something unique and it's not just cookie cutter. I can say to myself, okay, wow, this information that I'm getting comes from experience. And even though it might not make sense right now, maybe I should try it out because clearly this person is trustworthy. Meanwhile, if I ask a question about um, wedding photography and somebody chimes in and I think, oh, yeah, I know. I've heard that, you know, kind of I've heard that before. Let me I don't know who this person is, though. Let me see. And while it says wedding photography, it also says film photography, landscape photography, portrait photography, macro photography, product photography, all of the things. I think to myself, okay, well, this person kind of likes a little bit of everything. Multiple different camera styles. I look at their work and it's all over the place. They shoot everything and there's nothing wrong with shooting everything. But when you take that information and you say to yourself, okay, I'm not sure if this person has actually been in this situation. Or maybe they're just sharing information that they have heard in the hopes that maybe they'll think that I find it helpful, right? They've heard something from another photographer, and now they're trying to share it with me in the hopes that it helps me. But I've also heard this, and I don't think that it's right for me. Now I know that this information isn't going to be right for how I want to use it. And now I can kind of put it off to the side and try it later. Community allows you to have people together who share information, who help each other out, right? This is what community is. On, on, on a traditional social media platform, on YouTube, in blog posts, on a podcast, you, you're, you're just not going to get all of that. So now that we've kind of talked about the other external sources being social media, YouTube, blogs, podcasts and additional gear that we think are going to help us make better photos, but now we know that they're not. We've defined what is community and why things like social media is not truly a community. Let's talk about what the benefits are of a photography community and how a photography community is going to help you. So one, I just talked about, you know, the trust factor. Being able to see who somebody is, being able to see what it is that they shoot, getting that context helps you build that trust. Well, once you're in a community for a while, you're going to start to see, you know, a lot of the same names popping up. Oh, I know that this person is really good at astrophotography. If I ever have a question about that, I'm going to ask them. This person is really good at lighting portraits. If, you know, something ever comes up with that, I'm going to ask them. This person, um, I feel like I actually know more about um, wildlife photography than they do. They got a lot of questions. I'm able to help them out. We're able to start building a group of people who we can lean on when we need help, right? So having this group of people allows us to, when we have an image that we like, when we have an image that maybe 
I think this one needs a little bit of help here. Having this group of people allows us to have somebody who now we trust by having seen their responses, by seeing them in this group, by seeing how they respond, to be able to reach out to and say, hey, what do you think about this image? Does it say X, Y, and Z like I'm trying to communicate? And you're going to know that whatever that person says is going to be guiding you on the right track. Because when you have images, right? Let me, let me also f make sure that this is known. Shooting is not a form of external... Um, it's not an external source. So shooting is not going to be on this list because shooting is the photography. So shooting is not going to be an external source that will help you to become a better photographer because shooting is, is the photography, right? And you've heard me say it a million times before that you, that if you want to be a better photographer, you have to shoot more. So this is kind of the after that, right? After you've taken the photo. And now you can share it with people who you trust to get their thoughts, to get their ideas, to get their feedback. So that when you go back out and shoot, you now have a direction in which you can focus on. And this is great. When you have an idea for a project, when you have an idea for something that, that you want to create... It can be difficult to go out and shoot that. Maybe you're not sure in which direction it is that you want to go. You know that you want to convey a certain emotion, but you're not sure if you are doing that through your work. Well, if there's somebody in your community who you know has been able to create work that has effectively communicated that feeling or a certain technique, now you can share your work directly with them. Not in a public space, but in a private space and say, you know, what are your thoughts on this? I'd love to get your feedback because this is what I was going for. Here's what I wanted. Here's how I prepared. Does it communicate X? Knowing that you have communicated X in your images, does this image communicate X? And if not, how would you suggest doing that more effectively? You're going to be able to trust that feedback so much more than just throwing it up on Instagram and saying, what do you think? Because guess what? My mom is going to chime in. Who cares what she thinks? She doesn't know anything about this style of photography that you're going for. Um, uh, Mark is going to chime in and Mark doesn't know anything about this style of photography that you're going for, but just has some general photography knowledge. This other person is going to chime in and it's not going to make sense. It's not going to be helpful. It's not going to be trusted feedback. Consistently on your work. Community allows you to get trusted feedback on your work so that when you go back out and shoot, you can use it to take better photos. The second benefit of a community is having support during difficult times. And I can tell you that there have been periods where I have felt like my photography was very stagnant, that I wasn't as creative as I had been before, where I had a, a client who wasn't 
particularly happy where I had a, um, you know, a shot that I needed to get and I, I didn't know how I was going to do it and I dropped the ball on it. I now have people that I can reach out to and say, hey, you know, can I vent for a moment? Because as much as I love my wife, she doesn't get all the ins and outs of photography. And sometimes when I'm having a problem, I'm not able to communicate what it is that I want, the the enjoyment in my subject. Like it's not coming through in these photos. Why is that? Why am I not able to do this with these images? She's not going to have any sort of answer. So having a group of people who you can reach out to and say, you know, I'm just feeling kind of down at this time. I, I'm not sure what to do. Or like, I do know what to do, but man, what a difficult situation this is. Having that support of people to say, man, I get it. I've, I've been through a similar thing. I know it's rough, but I also see your work and I see that it's good. And I see that you see it. I see that you're going towards it. And if you stop now, man, it's all over. Like, you don't need to. This is just a teeny tiny speed bump. You got this. Man, that feels good. When somebody who you trust is a photographer who you admire, they say something like that to you, that feels real good. And that gives you the encouragement, I promise you, to go out and keep shooting. Benefit number three from being a part of a photography community is getting personalized resources based on your unique struggles. When I, a few, a number of years ago, I was in the photo biz exposed, um, premium members group on Facebook, uh, photo biz exposed is a, uh, is a business of photography podcast. It's one of the best, if not the best, if you're in the business of photography, definitely join, but it's a large group. It is a large group. And after a while of being in this group, of being a part of it, of, of commenting, of, of, of being a member of this photography community, certain members started to pop up that I realized, huh, we have a lot of things in common. We have um, similar styles. We, we are similar as photographers. We created a small mastermind group, me and a few other photographers, where we got to learn these, the, these other photographers' challenges, their strengths, the things that they typically struggle with, uh, where they excel, where they want to go, how they think that they're going to get there. And when you have that sort of information on somebody, well, guess what? Now that I know that you're trying to get to X, I actually heard a podcast about this the other day. I want to share this with you because I know that this will directly help you with what it is that you are struggling with right now. And it's going to be right for you. But Raymond, you just said that podcasts, YouTube videos, you know, uh, blog posts, social media, like those things aren't external sources. You're absolutely right. But in the same sense that like being a student in a classroom isn't a collaborative thing, you can still learn from those teachers. It's when you have follow-ups, and you inevitably will. 
th- those areas are lacking. Being in a community now listening to that podcast. If I still have questions, I can come back and be like, yo, I listened to that. Holy cow. Super helpful. What did you think about this? Is that is this how you would do that thing? And then you can continue that conversation. But being able to share those resources that are personalized to you and your unique struggles. Because I'll tell you what, if you're struggling with back button focus on Fuji cameras, having just a, a, a video of somebody talking about different autofocus settings in general is not going to be particularly helpful to you. Getting a more personalized resource on your unique struggles is what will get you to where you want to go. You're wasting less time, which means that you now have more time to shoot. When you spend more time shooting, you become a better photographer. And benefit number four of being a part of a photography community is that they're going to be able to hold you accountable (laughs) and motivate you to work harder. In this group that I shared with you uh, just a, a moment ago, I had uh, um, shared in the group uh, of a project that I was working on um, with a uh, with a bride and um, a few other vendors of something that it was that I wanted to do. And one, they challenged me. They were like, well, why do you want to do this? And I told them and they're like, mm, I actually think that there's better ways that you can go about this. So I took that information from trusted resources and I moved forward with that. Well, when I was done with the project, when I had went out, I shot, I came back and I shared the photos. I was like, guys, what do you think about this? They all were like, um, you missed it. <laughs> you did not do a good job. And at first I was kind of taken back. I thought like, what? I didn't... Wh- I thought this was like, you know, a, a, a like we were all friends, like we're all trying to help each other. But what I didn't realize, or that I was missing, I guess, is that they knew my work so well. They knew my goals because they helped me to better define them. That when I shared these images, they knew that they did not work. They knew that I only put in 80% work. And the truth was, I did. Because I was... And this is an excuse. I was under a time crunch and I didn't put in the prep that I should have for it. And because I didn't put in the prep that I should have, I showed up ill-prepared. And when I was ill-prepared, I did not get the images that I should have to make it as impactful as it could have been. And boy, did they tell me. And what happened? I reached back out to those people and I said, hey, look, I know that we just put in a ton of work to do this thing together, but I dropped the ball. There are areas that I think that we could improve massively. And if you're up for it, I'd love to get you together and let's do it again. And here's how we're going to do it differently. Everybody said yes. They were more excited because now they knew, oh, okay, one, we did this before, we worked out the kinks, and now we're going to end with a finished, polished product. And I knew that if I was going to share those photos again with my group, I wasn't going to come with lackluster images. So I worked my hardest. They motivated me to work harder. They kept me accountable for what it was that I wanted. 
And I was able to create something that helped not only me, but other vendors as well. And I only got that from being a part of this photography community. If I would have just got the photos and then just delivered them, I could have and just said, hey, guys, here you go. Here's the here's the photos. Who knows? Maybe they would have thought, oh, these weren't as good as I was hoping for. And then next time somebody asks for a recommendation on a photographer, they pass me up because, well, I just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. But now when they are asked for a recommendation on a photographer, oh, you know what? This photographer has an idea. They go after it. And if they don't think that it's perfect, they will make it right. Go with this person. Go with Raymond. I only got that from being a part of a photography community. So those are the the four main benefits that I see of being a part of a community that will directly help you to become a better photographer. You're going to get trusted feedback on your photos. You're going to get support when you're going through difficult times because we all go through difficult times. You're going to get personalized resources on your unique style and struggles. And you're also going to get the accountability and motivation to work harder as a photographer. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, but you know what, Raymond? I've been a part of the Beginner Photography Podcast group for years. I haven't received any of these things or many of these things. Great. Let's talk about how to get the most out of being a part of a community. Because being a part of a community does not entitle you to get trusted feedback. It does not entitle you to get support during difficult times. It does not entitle you to getting personalized resources based on your unique struggles. It does not entitle you to having accountability and receiving motivation to work harder. Most people look at being a part of a community wrong. And honestly, I think that it's because of social media. Because of a feed, we're just always given information. Here's this. Here's that. Look at this thing. You don't have to do much and things pop up. But when you have a very specific goal, you have specific challenges that you need to find, right? The thing about a community is that we're not just in here to mine the resources. We're not just in here to be like, oh, I'm going to join this community because I have a problem with X. I'm going to look through these comments real quick. There it is. And I'm out you're going to miss out on 99% of the benefit of being a part of a community. Because being a part of a community is also contributing your knowledge. It's not just coming in and taking all the knowledge that you find and hoping that more shows up. It's also contributing your knowledge. When you know something about photography, and trust me, you do, maybe not as much as you think, or maybe not as much as, you know, these photographers who you look up to, but trust me, you know stuff about photography. When you come in and you look at a community as a place to share information rather than take information, but share information, immediately you're going to start building trust with others. And when you start building trust with others, who knows? You're opening up the the door to possibilities. Maybe they'll reach out to you to be a part of a similar group that I had told you about that I was a part of. When you share your knowledge, you're going to position yourself as an expert. You're going to have new ideas. 
when you directly help somebody else in your community, it does not go unnoticed. People will want to do the same for you. Now, when you're contributing so much, and now you have a problem, you're, you're going through a difficult situation, people are going to see that and say, man, this person has helped me so much in multiple other areas. Let me share my, my two cents here and see if this may be able to help them. When you're having problems editing something specifically, you're trying to go for more of a, a blue moon tone than a silver moon tone. But it's not working out. It's looking like Terminator. <laughs> Somebody's going to be able to see that and give you personalized resources based on your own unique struggles. Whether that's a YouTube video, a course, you know, I don't know. Whatever that is, you're going to, the, the community is going to help guide you towards what is right for you. When you share a photo and you say, y'all, what do you think about this image? I was going for this. You know, I like this aspect of the image, but this part I'm questionable about. What, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts? Give me your feedback. Somebody's going to look at that and say, man, this person has helped me out with a lot of my images. Let me see if I can give again my two cents on what they could improve upon with this image, how they can get closer to their goals in this photo. And who knows? Maybe somebody will say, yo, you missed it. This is <laughs> I don't even know what you were thinking. Why are you trying to shoot day for night? Like you should have actually shot this at night. And that's going to give you the motivation to work harder. But it's about contributing that knowledge. It's about reciprocity. It's not about just mining the resources. And the second way that you can get the most out of your community is just by building those relationships, you know, supporting other members. It's not about, you know, um, knowing all of the answers, like I said. Sometimes it's about just having somebody who you can talk to about an issue that you have with photography, about a question that you have. When you can build those relationships and support the other members in your community, that's community. That is community. Now, when it comes to communities, there's different sizes, right? There's large communities. And then there's small communities. Both of them are needed. Both. If you just have one friend who's a photographer and you ask them all these questions, but they photograph an entirely different style of photography than you, then how much can you use the information that they have? How useful is that information to you? It's not always the most useful. So you need a large enough group of people to draw from as well. So having large communities and small communities, again, you need both. Very important. Large communities offer a place to, you know, create those connections with like-minded other photographers to get information that you're looking for in a broader sense. Maybe not everything has to be hyper-personalized to you. And you're going to be able to get a lot of that information, a lot of um, 
you're going to be exposed to a lot of ideas in a larger community. In larger communities, more things are going to happen, more uh, um, uh, inspiration, more uh, tutorials, more guidance, more resources. You're going to start to be able to pick and choose. In a smaller community, like the one that I mentioned earlier, it's more of a focused group. Think of it more like a group, right? I really think that the largest small community that you should have is like five people max. That's why I love being a part of the Beginner Photography Podcast community. It is a larger community where I never know what's going to happen when I get in. Oh, there's a beautiful photo of the sunset. Oh, here somebody is sharing a, a resource on, you know, a book about portraits. Oh, somebody has a question about editing software. Oh, let me chime in on this person's image of their cat where they were trying to get just the eyes in focus and the rest of the cat out of focus. You never really know. It's, it's a very wide range. But when I have very specific problems or something that I'm working on that maybe I'm not ready to share yet with a large audience, having that small group four or five people, even three. Now, really four or five people is like the sweet spot. Being able to reach out to them and be like, yo, this is what's up right now. And trusting that they have your back, that they can help, and that you can help them when they have a problem as well. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. But you're not going to find that just by randomly being a part of, uh, randomly listening to podcasts, randomly watching YouTube videos, randomly reading blogs, you need to find the people who are most like you, who are able to um, uh, complement the areas where you struggle with, and you're able to complement the areas that they struggle with, but combined, you all have a similar goal or need, or you're, you're solving a similar problem. You're not going to find that. By just watching YouTube videos, reading blog posts, listening to podcasts, being on social media. You're only going to find that by being a part of a larger community where you're going to get that information of who these people are so that you can learn who they are, so that you can start to trust these people, so that you can understand where they're coming from, where you can get that context of, of, of who they are as a photographer. You can only get that from a larger community. And then on your own, you build your own smaller community. So if you're not a part of it already, I want to encourage you to join the Beginner Photography Podcast community. It's not on social media. It is on our own private platform. It is on a platform that is free of ads, a platform that is free of just like the noise of social media. It is on a platform where we can come together and kind of create our own space that is best for us, tailored for our own needs as a group of photographers. If you got a question about film, you come in there, you ask your question about film. If you got a question about portraits, guess what? Here's the place for you. If you know a lot about weddings and you want to share your information with others, help others who are struggling in their early days, 
Well, we got a channel for you to do just that. If you just want to come in and be a part of a monthly photo challenge, like we got coming up here, well, right now in September, the Ordinary Elegance Challenge, where we photograph just kind of everyday things that we might take for granted, like our shoes or a light switch, coffee mug. You want to get that, you know, that uh, creative boost. The Beginner Photography Podcast community is going to be the place for you. It's absolutely free to join, just like it was on Facebook. But again, this is our own private platform, one that's not going to track you all over the internet. And if you want to join, highly encourage you to do so. Come on in. All you got to do to join is just head over to beginnerphotopod.com forward slash group. Again, beginnerphotopod.com forward slash group. If you're already part of the community, you know that you can just head to community.beginnerphotographypodcast.com. You come right on in. A computer or an iPad like on Safari is going to be the best place to really be a part of the community. The app is not the best. Is you know you just it's hard to compete with Facebook money, <laughs> but the uh, the web experience is wonderful. And I use that as a way to, you know, uh, uh, separate myself from using my phone and just scrolling on my phone as often as I did, because it's an entirely different thing than social media. This feels entirely different and you can act different. You can act with more intention. You can start to see who is also acting with intention by who is participating. But I want you to remember, you know, that. Being a part of a community, you get out of it what you put into it. It is not transactional. It is transformational. Don't just lurk. Actively participate in discussions. Actively participate in questions. Actively participate in photo challenges. And this shouldn't be hard if you're genuinely interested in photography. You know, to engage with others who are also interested in photography. Others who genuinely want to share their thoughts and ideas. But again, you have to recognize that to improve as a photographer, you need to practice. All of this is a way to help you when you're out and shooting. When you are out practicing photography. That is the only way that you're going to be a better photographer. But the only external source where you're going to get the information that you need to become a better photographer is to be a part of a community. You know, learning is great. I love it. I, I loved being in school. I love taking courses. I love learning about photography. But unless you actually go out and unless you actually shoot, if you don't make time for it, it's not going to make much of a difference. To become a better photographer, you have to immerse yourself in a community where people who you know are, you know, shooting similar to you. Maybe they have the same challenges as you. And, you know, vice versa. It is a community. This way, you can build those relationships with the other photographers within your community who can then offer help, offer feedback, and also benefit from your insights as well. So, again, if you're not a part of the community already, you can join the free Beginner Photography Podcast community over at beginnerphotopod.com forward slash group. I hope to see you inside. I hope that this becomes the catalyst 
for you to truly immerse yourself in photography in a way that is going to help you achieve the goals that you want to achieve as a photographer. Because together, we can all learn from one another and elevate all of our skills to new heights. It's wonderful. But remember, you have to shoot. So the more that you shoot today, the better of a photographer you will be tomorrow. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving a review in iTunes. Keep shooting, and we'll see you next week. 